0: My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football a Magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, or you're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting in this chair right here, sitting over there. She's, she's not just a turkey today. She's a turkey every day. <laughs> she's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Peckle.
1: I don't think that was a compliment. Was it? I guess Pretty we'll sure never it's know. Not. I
0: guess we'll never know. And sitting to my right, he's the president of Next Level Athlete. Greg. What's The recruiting up? analyst for Dave Campbell's
2: Texas Football. He is Greg Powers. Hi, Powers. What's going on, y'all? Happy Thanksgiving Eve. Happy Thanksgiving Eve to y'all.
0: Hashtag normalized Thanksgiving Eve. Um, thanks for coming. We appreciate you coming in on on this high holiday. You know, because I know you've got a big day tomorrow.
2: Yeah, but you got to get ready for tomorrow, and that means you got to clear all the work off your plate mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. This
1: relieves some of his anxiety about his cheesesteaks. So,
2: ooh, good point. That's true.
1: We're helping him out.
0: Today is Wednesday, November twenty fourth, twenty twenty one.
1: Say it, it smile. One
0: day <laughs> until Thanksgiving. Let's go, guys. We've run back the tape. We've been we've been counting it down. Mm-hmm. The whole year. It's tomorrow. It's going to be awesome. And by the way, yes, on Monday, we'll start the count again. <laughs> and
2: that'll be 361 days before Thanksgiving.
0: Thank you for doing the math. Let's go. Uh, uh, happy birthday to boys. Not a whole lot of people's birthdays. Happy birthday. Colin Hanks is best known. I don't know. He's pretty good. He had some role that he was really good in. Oh, he's in Fargo. He's really good in Fargo. Um, episode 1,289. On today's show, guys, guys, it's a monster show. This is too much. Show. Honestly, it's too much show. Yes. It's too much show. We're giving away too much show. This we should true. be charging you for it, but we're not. You know why? It's Thanksgiving. We got this weekend recruiting with Greg Powers, the next little athlete, breaking down the latest and greatest in recruiting across the state of Texas. Then we're going to unveil live, exclusively here on Texas Football Today, the Mr. Texas Football semifinalists. For the Player of the Year Award handed out by Dave Campbell's Texas Football in conjunction with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. We will have that coming up to you. The 25 semifinalists for the most prestigious award in Texas high school football. Then we got the picks. My high school football predictions for all 88 UIL Texas high school football games this weekend. Then we got my college football recap. Or not recap. My college football preview Mm -hmm. with burning questions. We're going to go through that. And then we got the Thanksgiving Spectacular. Guys, it's a big day. (laughs) A big show. (laughs) Wow. Too much show. Yeah.
1: It's uh, it's beefy.
0: Do we have a Thanksgiving Spectacular first four through the door?
1: We do. It was Tony Blaylock, Christo Fire 100, retired coach Terry S. Crawford, and Rob Hathaway. Welcome in, fellas. We also figured out that retired Mm -hmm. uh, coach Crawford was a middle school coach for a long time. Um, And it's also funny. Did you ever see the SNL skit? um of david s pumpkins like the difference between david pumpkins and david s pumpkins no Uh, okay we gotta watch it it reminds me of that every time i see terry s crawford we'll we'll get there anyway it's
2: an excellent story pickle
1: thanks it makes a lot more sense if you were cool and in the know
2: could you tell the story again
1: Okay, we've got stuff to do, sir. Well,
2: the David S. Pumpkins is Colin Hanks's father. That is Tom right. Hanks. It
0: all ties in together. Well Thank done, you, Powers. Powers. Good Powers. job connecting the dots. Yeah, good job. Thank you, Powers, for bringing that that story actually to some sort of meaningful conclusion. <sighs> <Well>, let's go. <laughs> I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers, and this is this week in recruiting. <laughs> <laughs> He's fired up for Thanksgiving. It's this week in recruiting. With Greg Powers the Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at G Powers Scout, Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter Next Level D1. See his fine work at texasfootball.com slash recruiting. And, of course, this is brought to you by our good chicken friends at Chicken Express. Chicken Express, they're probably closed tomorrow.
2: <laughs> and if you're thinking about, you know. Actually, we were talking about, pre- Thanksgiving, ga- pre- we were talking about Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, pregame with some Chicken Ooh, Express tonight. Boy. Not, a, not a bad idea.
1: Not bad at all.
2: Well,
0: you might be on something. Thanksgiving Eve at Chicken Express.
1: That's the perfect amount of food to get you full mm-hmm. but not too too yes. too full. Ooh. You can you can portion control there Ooh. and they've got family meals cuz you'll have people in town.
2: Mm. Well, I mean it warms your heart up as well and you that know time. this is Thanksgiving's a time for family and to eat delicious foods and Chicken Express covers all those.
0: Basis this week in recruiting <laughs> with Greg Powers, the next little athlete. A lot to get to. Let's start with our prospect on the rise. Our prospect on the rise is Waxahachie 2023 quarterback Calvin Simpson, who had picked up an offer from Texas Tech back on November 9th, and he goes, kind of looked around and goes, for me, he's committed to the Red Raiders. Uh, here is a guy that uh, you really like as a, as a true corner
2: out yep. there on on the outside and uh, another defensive pickup for Joey McGuire and these Red Raiders. I really was impressed with him, too, in the second game of the season when we went and watched him live against Arlington Lamar. Mm. He was a guy who jumped out, and um, I, I, I was watching the game. I was filming it kind of from in the stands, trying to get some good highlights, and... I started i was on the walks side and i started asking people around me who is this guy you know mm-hmm. no one he was kind of a first year starter playing in his second game and everybody no one knew his name mm-hmm. and i made it a my mission <laughs> to figure out who this corner was and it was calvin simpson and he passes the eyeball test in person he is very well put together he isn't afraid to press and you know play tight and man coverage, which I can really respect. You have to have a little bit of an edge when you're going against uh, some top guys, and then doing some more research after that game, found out that he's um, pretty good in um, on tra- in track mm-hmm. and field and does some other you know things well away from football. So it wasn't a surprise to see him start to get some recruiting attention, um, but a great job by Texas Tech recognizing his talents early on in the recruiting process and then say, being able to lock down a commitment from Calvin Simpson. He's a guy who's going to blow up. You know, mm-hmm. I watched his complete junior highlight tape uh, again today, and he's got skills. And I think when everybody starts to realize his talent level, he's going to be – A guy that they continue to offer, even though he's committed.
0: Speaking of guys with great talent, speaking of defensive guys who are now committed to Texas Tech, talk about our commit of the week. Our commit of the week is KD linebacker Ty Kana. Is it Kana? Did I get that right? Tykana, Ty the linebacker from Katy, has committed to Texas. He was a one-time USC commit. Uh, he is now committed to Texas Tech. He we checked in at number sixty-seven in our Dave Campbell's Texas Football Hot One Hundred, which you can find at TexasFootball.com/recruiting. Hey, you guys are never going to believe this, but katie has got a couple of defenders who are really good.
1: <laughs> what? Uh,
0: Ty Kena, uh the, the man in the middle there for the Katy Tigers, and uh, a guy who relentless this guy this guy he played there's no i'll say this there ain't no questions about his motor the motor doesn't stop running
2: yeah and it you know katie continues to produce top level players especially on the defensive side of the ball and it's one of the most talented rosters in the state of texas year in and year out this was a one-time usc commit who backed off of his pledge you know whenever Helton was let go, opening up the door for Joey McGuire and his staff at Texas Tech. And, and, and again, Texas Tech has stayed in this notebook since McGuire's been hired there. And, and not just because he's a former Texas high school football coach, but because they've been making waves on the recruiting trail, Kana was the highest-rated commitment this week in the state of Texas. So, just, I mean, they continue to add. Integral pieces. They added another commitment this week from offensive lineman Eric Gray at Amarillo. Um, solid three-star player. So they're they're getting pieces that are relevant to help turn that thing around. I think in Lubbock, and they're being very aggressive as it relates to the recruiting process, especially with Texas high school football talent. Cana um, took a recent unofficial, or maybe it was an official visit to SMU. Um, so Texas Tech was able. Re- able to beat out some schools like baylor smu oklahoma state usc and more to get a pledge from him and i think this is like the type of guy that if you're um a red raiders fan you're excited to get one of the best yeah. defensive players in the state and, and starting to set a trend there you know it, it, there's a trend he strikes me as the kind of guy in watching his film He's not going
0: to be the, the highest-rated prospect in this class. Right. You know, if Joey McGuire you know, has his druthers, he's not going to be the highest. But he, you want to talk about a guy who's going to be, like, a three-year starter for them and, like, the anchor of that defense. Like, Ty Cana can be that guy for Texas Tech. And, and remember, they've had a history of, of really good linebackers recently. You right. know what I
2: mean? Um, you know, Brooks was there for, for a while. I forget his, for his, well, his first I think, year. I think when we did, like, a recap of NFL, like, defensive talent, probably mm-hmm. about six months back, Texas Tech was surprisingly – one of the leaders, and it was because of their development of linebackers. But this guy, I mean, reminds me a lot of Patty Fisher, who mm-hmm. was a great linebacker there, the intangibles are a little bit different, but he went on to Northwestern to be a tackling machine. You mentioned he's not going to be the highest-rated prospect, and that's because there are going to be some other guys like a Harold Perkins who's out there that brings something completely different to the table from a speed perspective. But he reads and diagnoses really well, and he's always around the football. And Texas Tech fans, I think, will love that his consistency, very
0: active, very active. Uh, we're talking this week in recruiting with Greg Powers, next level athlete here on Texas football today. Get involved the conversation hashtag TF Today. Let's talk about a guy who Pickle got to see up close and personal last week. Okay. Uh, our underclassman of the week. It's 2023 junior coll- junior running back at a college station, Marquise Collins. He's up for Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. After he goes for, checking my notes, 308 and six touchdowns. And you're like, oh, okay, I mean, that's pretty good. Against Frisco Lone Star mm-hmm. in their romp over the Rangers. Uh, a four-star. He's picked up offers this week from Utah and Baylor. He's got 10 offers now.
2: Uh, this train's only getting started for Marquise Collins. I
0: think everybody's starting to find out, oh,
2: yeah, okay, this guy's pretty good. And congratulations to Marquise Collins, who is now a DCTF four-star. How about that? And go. if you're interested to check out the rankings, texasfootball.com recruiting, click on the rankings tab. We have updated the top 50 prospects in the class of 2023, and Marquise Collins is one of those guys. And I really – Love his game. It was it was great to see him get uh, to have his breakout moment in that game against Lone Star, where you know there were a lot of eyes on that game. But he is slippery in the open field, runs with power when needed, and easily escapes arm tackles. He's kind of like the total package. Like if you're building a running back and you want him to be able to to have speed, um, elusivity, elusiveness. Yeah, elusiveness. That's good. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and. And game-breaking skill sets, can catch the ball out of the backfield. You know, he kind of is like that new-age style of running back that can kind of do it all. And College Station is loaded at the running back position. they got some other talent there as well.
0: Yeah, I think that he is going to be a a star there, you know, wherever he ends up. And I think he showed that last week against a ferocious defense that he – Just carved up in a big, big way, so keep an eye on that. And finally, let's round it all out with our recruit of the Week. Our recruit of the Week is Humble Summer Creek 2023 Offensive Tackle Calvin Banks.
2: 2022. 2022.
0: 2022 uh, tackled Calvin Banks. Um, And you're probably thinking, wait a second, is this guy committed? He is. He's committed to Oregon. You may remember back in July he committed to Oregon. But now he's a five-star. DC a five-star. But there's some, you know, there are some, you, you always say, don't tell me what they say. Tell me what they do. Yep. Well, he's taken some visits recently to Texas and to Texas A and M.
2: Are you putting him on a Flip Watch? Are oh, we, are, I have, is, him, is I have he... him on Flip Watch. First off, when he committed to Oregon, I thought it was a surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought that he would. I thought Texas had a really good shot at him at that point. But Texas A and M does such a great job recruiting Houston area offensive linemen. I, I, I'm always stuck in this thing. Is like, well, he's from Houston and. He's going to go to. He's going to end up at A and M, you know, for whatever reason. I have that stuck in my thought process as it relates to the top offensive lineman talent in that that area of the state. Um, he's taken recent unofficial visits to Texas and Texas A and M. He took official visits there as well. He's, you know, he's not going to probably have the chance to go see Oregon again before the early signing period. Mm-hmm. I think that that is. You know, if, if I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, oh, well, if I'm a five star, I'd really want to go see that game day atmosphere. And I, I don't know. There's just a lot of signs pointing that this thing could not be over. He, he, comment wise, remains a solid commitment to Oregon, but there's enough smoke there that I think that there's a little bit of a fire burning. And we'll just have to see how it all plays out. It is going to be a remarkable stretch to the early signing period, and here's why. You have guys like Kelvin Banks who are looking around, but you have a number of the top-tier recruits in the state of Texas right now who remain uncommitted. Denver Harris, mm-hmm. Omari Abor. Denver
0: Harris, the cover boy of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Rising magazine, available now if you're a subscriber to TexasFootball.com, so subscribe. Go
2: on. Great cover, by the way. Harold Perkins. hmm Evan Stewart. Mm-hmm. Cameron Dewberry. Mm-hmm. Devon Campbell. Mm-hmm. That's just guys who are rated in the top 10 who have not announced. Yeah. So I think I'm going to be busy.
0: I think you're going to be pretty busy, right? I think that you're going to have a little bit of things to do between now and early signing period. And then probably between now and National Signing Day. But he's always busy. He's our Greg Powers, the next level athlete. Follow him on Twitter at G Follow next level athlete on Twitter. Next level D1C is fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Powers, happy Thanksgiving, my friend. Happy Thanksgiving to y'all as well. Appreciate you stopping by. We are at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State.
1: I think our friends at Hometown Ticketing want to
0: talk to the people. Hey, friends at Hometown Ticketing, got something to say? Fast scans, happy fans. Hometown Ticketing is proud to be the official digital ticketing solution of Dave Campbell's Texas football. Simplify your school's ticketing with Hometown, providing schools nationwide with the best options for digital ticketings for their events. Visit their website at hometownticketing.com to learn how they can make digital ticketing possible at your school. That's hometownticketing.com. All right, pick the time to do something pretty fun. And that is It is. Dave Campbell's Texas Football, the leading publication for all things football in the state of Texas, and the Tax Act Texas Bowl are proud to announce the 25 semifinalists for the Mr. Texas Football High School Player of the Year Award. Mr. Texas Football annually recognizes the most outstanding high school football player in the state of Texas. Each week, fans are given a chance to vote on the Player of the Week at TexasFootball.com. At the end of the season, 10 finalists will be named. Fans will then cast their vote as to who should be the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. The winner of the 2021 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award will be announced prior to the 2022 Texas Bowl, which will be played on January 4th at NRG Stadium in Houston. Thanks again to our friends at the Tax Act Texas Bowl for presenting the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award. Of course, last year, you may remember, went to Jonathan Brooks, the Hounsville running back. Uh, we've had a number of outstanding playmakers, including Kyler Murray, Johnny Manziel, Jonathan Gray, Jaquiz Rogers, Spencer Sanders, etc., uh, etc., cetera, et cetera, who have gone on to great things uh, after being named Mr. Texas Football Player of the Week. We and this is tough. I'll be honest. This is a, this is a very easy. difficult decision. Because <laughs> we have to narrow it down to 25 players across the state of Texas. And then it
1: only gets tougher from there. And
0: then it only gets tougher, because then we have to go to 10, and then we have to go to 1. So it's going to be tough. But without further ado, we're proud to present the 25 semifinalists for the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year Award, beginning with Childress quarterback Colin Bishop, China Spring quarterback Major Bowden, Spring quarterback Bishop Davenport, Poteet running back Ernest Avila, Katy running back Seth Davis, Stephenville wide receiver Coy Aiken. Amarillo-Tascosa athlete, Major Everhart. Klein Kane wide receiver, Matthew Golden. Euless Trinity running back, Ollie Gordon. Denton Ryan linebacker, Anthony Hill Jr. Spring Westfield defensive lineman, A.J. Holmes. Rockwall Heath quarterback, Josh Hoover. College Station quarterback, Jet Huff. Frisco Lone Star athlete, Ashton Genty. Austin Westlake quarterback, Cade Klubnick. Rockwall quarterback, Braden Locke. Dripping Springs quarterback Austin Novosad. El Campo running back Ruben Owens. Cy Park athlete Harold Perkins. Belleville running back Richard Reese. Killeen Harker Heights running back Rashawn Sanford. Gilmer quarterback Brandon Tennyson. Bridgeland quarterback Connor Wigman. Jim Ned running back Xavier Wishart and Midland legacy running back McHalen Young. There they are, the 25 semifinalists for the 2021 Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year in conjunction with the Tax Act Texas Bowl. We will then narrow this thing down to 10 finalists before we name the Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year. Coming up later in December. So there they are, the twenty five semifinalists for the twenty twenty one Mr. Texas Football Player of the Year, selected by Dave Campbell's Texas Football in conjunction with the Tax Act Texas poll.
1: Insane list there.
0: Yeah, I don't know how we're gonna do.
1: That <laughs> like even the do. thought of narrowing that down to ten makes me nervous. Seems it, makes impossible me, it makes me tense to try and to know that in in the forefront we have to we have to figure out how to narrow that to one it's,
0: is uh Not going to be fun. No. It's not going to be fun.
1: Between that and the cover, these are two of our most difficult decisions every year. down (laughs) to that,
0: yeah. But anyway, congratulations to all the semifinalists. Uh, We look forward to torturing ourselves to figure out how we come up with 10 finalists and then one winner. So if y'all would just quit being so good at football, (laughs) it would really help us out. We're Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. A reminder: we do not have a show Thursday or Friday, we do but not. we will be back Monday with a new episode of Texas Football today. Pickle. Between now and then, it's going to be 88 UIL Texas high school football games. Yeah. Uh, playoff games, win or go home. I have decided to predict all 88. Seems foolhardy. Yeah, it does. But we're going to do it. (laughs) Here's the picks for the regional semifinals of the Texas Mm -hmm. high school football playoffs here on Texas Football Today. The regional semifinals of the Texas high school football playoffs are here, and it's Thanksgiving. Could this week be any better? These are the picks. Welcome into The Picks, your guide to Texas High School Football Playoffs. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in and happy Thanksgiving. Around here, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, we are of the belief that Thanksgiving is the best day of the year. And so Thursday is the best day of the year. It also happens to be a day when we're kicking off the third round of the 2021 Texas High School Football Playoffs with massive games everywhere you look. This is the time of year in which every single game on the docket is a certified banger. And so we're going to go through every single one of them, I'll either mention it out loud or my picks are scrolling at the bottom of the screen. We start in Waco, 2 o'clock Saturday afternoon at Waco ISD Stadium. It is a 6A Division II regional semifinal between the Bridgeland Bears and the Cedar Hill Longhorns. Where are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, pace. What does this game look like? That's what this really comes down to because these are two teams that want to play this game in a very different way. For Bridgeland, they want to get out and run. They want quarterback Connor Wigman to be the star of the show, as he has been for most of the season. He has been spectacular. The Texas a and commit is everything he is hyped up to be. He leads a high-powered offense that's clicking on all cylinders. They want to play this game into the 30s, into the 40s. You want to get in the 50s? Let's go! That Bridgeland Bears offense is dangerous. Cedar Hill, on the other hand, doesn't want to play that. Cedar Hill wants to keep this a low-scoring slugfest. They actually have a negative point differential on the season, and it's not because they're bad. It's just because their defense is what wins them ball games. Their defense has been very good in the playoffs, giving up just 12 points in their first two playoff games. Uh, now, quarterback Cedric Harden, I think, is capable, but they want to lean more on that defense, led by Kylan Salter. So, plain and simple, who dictates the pace of this game? Key number two, Cedar Hill's turnover margin. So, speaking of defense, Cedar Hill absolutely has to win the turnover margin in this game. That's where they make their hay. They are minus four in the turnover margin in the four losses, and they're plus four in the turnover margin in their eight wins. Just as simple as that, when they are turning the ball over with guys like Keandre Jackson and guys like Jalen Peoples, they're very difficult to beat. But when they are giving the ball away more than they're taking it away, plain and simple, they're pretty beatable. So, can Bridgeland stay out of the turnover game, or will Cedar Hill's attacking defense make some big plays? And key number three, Houston versus DFW. Doesn't it always boil down to something like this, right? But here we are into the third round of the Texas high school football playoffs, and you're starting to get these true cross-regional matchups with teams from Houston playing teams from DFW, teams from Austin playing teams from San Antonio, and Houston versus DFW takes center stage here. And I think both places have an argument to having the superior Texas high school football this season. Now look, if Bridgeland beats Cedar Hill, does that mean that Houston has better high school football than DFW? No. If if Cedar Hill beats Bridgeland, does that mean DFW is better than Houston? No, it's one game, and they're not necessarily representative of the entire region. But, make no mistake, Cedar Hill's carrying the flag for DFW. Bridgeland is carrying the flag for Houston. And they're out there representing their area, hoping to bring back a big win to their town. So, it's it's a tale as old as time. Is it Houston, or is it DFW? Who am I picking? I'm going with Bridgeland. The Bears get the nod here on the strength of their offense. I think that that's the real strength-on-strength matchup in this one is the Bridgeland offense against this ferocious defense there for Cedar Hill, but I think that Bridgeland is probably going to have a couple of wrinkles to be able to get past this Cedar Hill defense. Furthermore, while the Bridgeland defense has been a little bit susceptible, especially recently, uh, the Cedar Hill offense just has not shown me enough uh, to make me think that they can get into some sort of shootout with them. I think that this game ultimately does come down to pace. If Bridgeland can get to about 35 points, it feels like that's probably too big of a mountain for the Cedar Hill offense to climb. I think this game has a chance to be really fun. And again, you're going to talk about some physical football with Cedar Hills involved. But I do think Bridgeland gets the win. 7 o'clock Friday night at the Ford Center in Frisco. It's a 5A Division II regional semifinal between the Lovejoy Leopards and the Timberview Wolves. So all year long, Lovejoy has been the team that can beat Alito in the Region Two, right? That's been the Alito slayer. Last couple of weeks have been a little bit shaky for the Leopards. Uh, they lose their regular season finale to Frisco Liberty. And then last week, they really had to work for it against Burleson. Quarterback Alexander Franklin continues to be fantastic, but that defense really has to step up, especially this week against kind of the party crasher, right? Timberview, after beating Ennis in the area round for the second consecutive year, they are brimming with confidence with guys like Jaden Marshall, their quarterback. they got a big-time wide receiver in Samarian Chambliss. They can run the ball well with Jarvis Reed. This is an offense that's really humming. Be a big test for this Lovejoy team. Now, I think this game has a chance to be really close. And for Timberview, they got to feel like they can beat anybody right now. I do give Lovejoy a very slight edge. 5 o'clock Friday evening at Children's Health Stadium in Prosper. It's a 4A Division II regional semifinal between the China Spring Cougars and the Carthage Bulldogs. This might be the biggest threat to Carthage in the playoffs that we've seen in a while because, boy. China Spring is cooking with Crisco right now. They have been absolutely fantastic. Quarterback Major Bowden has been unbelievable. Their defense has really stepped up in a big way. They feel like they can beat anybody, and here's anybody, right? The undisputed number one team in 4A Division II, the team to beat in Carthage. I do think this Bulldogs offense is starting to wake up a little bit behind quarterback Connor Cuff. He had a really nice game last week, and that defense has been, well, it's been Plain and simple, pound for pound, one of the best defenses in the state, led by linebacker Kip Lewis. I actually think this game has a chance to be relatively low scoring, simply because I think both defenses have been fantastic. Uh, but look, you can't pick against Carthage. They're the team to beat here. I think the Bulldogs get a win. 2 o'clock Friday afternoon at Gordon Wood Stadium in Brownwood. It's a 3 8 Division I regional semifinal between the Brock Eagles and the Gymnet Indians. And... Here we go again. This is the rematch of last year's regional semifinal that really kickstarted Jim Ned's Cinderella run to the state championship when they knocked off Brock last year. And, and look, it's been pretty much the same for Jim Ned this year. They've been the number one team in the state wire to wire, and they're doing it in the same way. The defense is a knack for the big play, and running back Xavier Wishart is a bulldog guy that you want the ball in his hands down the stretch. Well, here comes Brock. New coach, Belly Mathis, has really turned up the heat for this Brock team. They have looked fantastic. They run the ball, of course, very well. The new running back is Cutter Wilson. But The difference this year is that they can throw the ball pretty well uh, with Tyler Moody. They are a fully versatile offense, and that makes them very dangerous. Also, they have the number one scoring defense in 3A Division I. They look like a complete team. Uh, they've been looking for some revenge. I think they get it. Give me Brock. 2 o'clock Friday afternoon at Porcupine Stadium in Springtown. It's a 2A Division II regional semifinal between the Munster Hornets and the Albany Lions. And, ooh, boy, we are getting into the nitty-gritty of 2A Division II Region II with two big-time heavyweights going at it. You know, Albany has been very quietly mowing people down. Uh, they are beating teams by an average of 49 points per game. That is third best in the state at any level. They have been absolutely dominant. And last week they got pushed by only, but they were able to close it out with Coil of Fever and Jaheim Newton on the ground. That is where they want to make their hay. They're going up against a Munster team that's really hanging their hat on that district win over defending state champs, Windthorst. Uh, and, and look, they have been outstanding. The defense has been spectacular. Uh, they have an outstanding running back in Colton Deckard, and they're tested. They have played the tougher test, uh, tougher schedule in this matchup, and I think that's what this comes down to. How much do you think strength of schedule matters here. I think Munster has been more battle-tested, right? So that may give them a very slight edge. I think this is a low-scoring slugfest, two teams taking sledgehammers to one another, but I think Munster gets a narrow win. And we're into the regional finals in six-man football. Six o'clock Friday night in Breckenridge. It's a 1A Division II regional final between the Strong Greyhounds and the Gordon Longhorns. And This is a rematch of one of the great rivalries in Texas high school football. These two teams know each other very well. They're separated by about 10 miles. They do not like each other. That's gonna make this really fun. You know, Strawn's had claim to being the number one team in 1A Division II All year long, and they've done nothing to really shake that reputation. They've been absolutely outstanding. Uh, Their defense is really leading the way. Last week, they were able to turn four turnovers against unbeaten Throckmorton into 29 points, and that was more or less that. They get the good running game from Lorenzo Garcia. On the other side for Gordon, they are really looking very good, led by Drake Dicutt. They've been outstanding running the ball as well, and their defense has stepped up in a big way. But look, here's the bottom line of it. This is the second time in four weeks that these two teams are going to play. Okay, Strawn beat Gordon 83-38 to 38 back in Week 11. What has changed between now and then to make you think the result will be all that much different? I think Gordon's playing a little bit better, but I don't think that's enough to make up that gap. I think Strawn moves on to the state semifinals. But those are far from the only big games in the third round of the Texas High School Football Playoffs. Remember, all my picks are scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Let's get to the lightning round. In 6A Division I, I think Allen gets a little bit of revenge over Euless Trinity, and Humble Atascacita takes down Fort Bend Ridgepoint. Duncanville gets a win over Spring, and I like San Antonio Brennan over Austin Bowie. 6A Division II, now I think Prosper beats El Paso Eastwood in a battle of teams that finished fourth in their district. I like Humble Summer Creek over Katy Cinco Ranch, and I like Austin Westlake for PSJA North. 5A Division 1 now, Katie Pato takes down Cedar Park, and I'm going with Mansfield Summit to keep it rolling with a win over Midlothian. I like Corpus Christi Veterans Memorial over McAllen Memorial, and Denton Ryan beats Longview. 5A Division 2 now, Lubbock Cooper takes down Grapevine. Crosby keeps rolling with a win over AM Consolidated, and I like Alamo Heights to beat Marble Falls. 4A Division 1 now, I like Wichita Falls Hershey over Dumas, and in what may be a little bit of an upset, I like Argyle over Stephenville. I'm going with Kilgore and a close one over Tyler Chapel Hill, and believe it, I like the battlin' billies of Fredericksburg over Pleasanton. 4 Division 2 now, give me Salina over Snyder. Pleasant Grove keeps rolling with a win over Quinlan Ford. And I like Sinton over Geronimo Navarro. 3 Division 1 now, Dybal takes down Little River Academy. I'm going with Vanderbilt Industrial to beat San Diego. And I like West over Malakoff. 3 Division 2 now, a quick moment. Thank you to Dangerfield and West Rusk for having the courage to play on Thanksgiving Day. You're awesome. I hope you both win. But I'm going to go with Dangerfield over West Rusk and Lubbock Roosevelt beats Brady. I'm taking Poth over Tidehaven and Gunner keeps it rolling with a win over Dublin. 2A Division 1 now matchup of two of the best defenses in Texas. I think Coleman takes down Hawley and I'm going with Crawford over Italy. Centerville takes down Holland and Refurio beats Ganado. 2A Division 2 now I like Burton to take down Granger. Chilton beats district rival Bremont and I'm going with Wellington over Groover. And there's big-time action in the six-man ranks in the regional finals. 1A Division One, I'm going with Happy to take down Turkey Valley. And 1A Division Two, give me those Abbott Panthers to take down district rival Coolidge. And those are the picks. I picked every single UIL, Texas High School football playoff game this week. I either mentioned it out loud or scrolling at the bottom of the screen. So now you can let me know, what am I wrong about? It comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbell's, And of course, see us at texasfootball.com, where you can find complete coverage of the 2021 Texas High School football playoffs at texasfootball.com slash playoffs. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the third round of the Texas High School football playoffs. Happy Thanksgiving. We'll see. You. There it is, the picks. My high school football predictions for week. I guess the regional semifinals. The third round of the Texas High school <laughs> Football Playoffs. That's on YouTube. Uh, and so if you missed any of the games on the scroll, you can go back and look at that. But as always, I guarantee I got at least one of those rights. I feel good about three of them. I feel really good about three of them.
1: We're we're at that point of the year, huh? Yeah.
0: I feel really good about three three picks. Uh, DM me and I'll tell you which three picks I feel really good about. All right, pickle. Uh normally this would be the last segment that we do on Thursday but in fact it is Wednesday because we're taking Thursday and Friday off it's time to answer some college football Burning questions for the final week of the regular season. All uh, oh, at least one team, two teams, will be playing next week. Yes, which is Houston will be playing the American Athletic Conference championship game mm-hmm. at Cincinnati, and uh, is that in Cincinnati? That's a home and home, right? So yes. Cincinnati gets it, and then uh, UTSA. UTSA. will be hosting the Conference USA championship and game. And there's
1: a chance that Baylor could be
0: playing. And ba- and there could be as many as three. Baylor could make the Big 12 championship game. In any case, a lot to get to in this final week of the regular season. What's our first burning question?
1: Up first, let's go Kansas State at Texas, eleven AM on Friday. What can we learn about Texas in twenty twenty two this week?
0: I don't I don't know what exactly you can learn from this aside from who wants to be there. Yep. Um, I think there's gonna be a lot of churn on this roster. I think that I was on a radio interview yesterday and they asked me could you see up to 35 new faces on the Texas roster next year and I said yeah absolutely, absolutely. between a new um, between a new uh, full recruiting class and the churn in the transfer portal I think yeah you're gonna have a new look and so I think there's guys who are gonna be out there who want to say yeah I want to be a part of this Texas Longhorns program going forward. I think you're gonna see some guys who who you know some guys who, who say this is this is where I make my stand and I tell you that I'm Committed to this program, uh, Kansas State has been a bugaboo for Texas uh, consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much pride does Texas play uh, with? Uh, because I'll be honest, I know it seems silly, but five and seven and four and eight do feel different. Yes, I feel do. like especially finishing on a high at home would be important. Um, to say
1: the home, the home thing makes this one a lot more so, like solidifies it a lot more in my mind.
0: Yeah, I think that this is an important game you for Texas. I think this is an important game from Texas between the ears uh, to go out there and to prove that you haven't tapped out. That that some of these guys are are willing to fight for this program and I think we're gonna learn a lot about some of the faces out there uh for Texas. Not just the coaching staff but also the, the personnel. What's next, Pickle?
1: Up next, let's head over to Conference USA in a game that might not super matter in the grand scheme of things, UTEP at UAB, one PM on a Friday. But it matters for a person and that is will Jacob Cowing finish Top 10 in receiving yards per
0: game. Yeah, so right now he's sixth in the nation. I don't know if you guys knew that, but Jacob Cowling, yes, the receiver at UTEP, mm-hmm. he is sixth in the nation in receiving yards per game. Now, he's got a pretty comfortable lead over number 10. I think he's up like seven or eight yards per game, but he needs to have a decent game against UAB to make sure he solidifies that. I say yes. I think he's going to go for another 100 yards. I think he's been one of the most underrated players in the nation Absolutely. this year. He's been unbelievable. I think they're probably going to lose on the road at UAB, I'll just be honest, but I. I'm interested to see what Jacob Cowing does. Uh, knowing full well that there's a bowl game on the horizon, almost certainly, uh, I think that for UTEP this would be a real feather in their cap to have a guy like this that they can point to recruits and say, "Hey, listen, come to UTEP and you can be a star at the, rec- at the at the receiving spot." I think that people have come to know UTEP as a place that puts out linemen mm-hmm. and puts out running backs. If they are able to start saying, "Hey, look, look at Jacob Cowing. He's a guy who came here and he became a a nationally renowned receiver, a nationally ranked receiver." I mm-hmm. think they can do wonders for them. So yeah, I think Jacob Cowing is going to finish in the top 10 in receiving receiving yards this year uh, per game, and, and I think that, that that's going to be a real feather in the cap for this Miners program. What's next, Pickle?
1: Up next, let's go back to the Big Twelve as TCU is taking on Iowa State, fifteen point dogs. There, at three thirty p.m. on Friday. And here's something we don't necessarily talk about a lot. Usually, we talk about teams accepting bowl invitations, but it can go the other way. If TCU wins, should the Horned Frogs accept that bowl invitation?
0: I was, you can say no. I was thinking about this, and and I think there's actually a decent argument to be made that they shouldn't. Um, There's not going to be a coach in place, Mm -hmm. right? Almost certainly. I mean, they could hire somebody tomorrow and they could jump in. I know Sonny Dykes did that with with SMU when he took the job. Mm -hmm. Um, They could jump in and and coach it, but I don't think that there's a a, a huge upside to that. Um, You'd be asking Jerry Kill, who's almost certainly, I would say, not going to be on the staff at TCU past uh, this season to be coaching one more game. Uh, Yes, you can get more reps, you can get more practices, but you're going to be doing it under a regime that's not going to be there, Mm -hmm. right? And so I think there's a lot of weird, Things here, and I wonder if TCU is to pull the upset. Make no mistake, it would be an upset if they were to go on the road to Ames on Friday afternoon and beat uh, the Cyclones. But if they were to do it, I think there's a reasonably reasonable argument to be made that they shouldn't go. Now, look, there's some money to be made, oh, and so they'll, pro- and they'll probably end up doing it. But money
1: I, and, and gifts for the players, yeah, and the experience, and the experience.
0: But I do think that there is a reasonable argument to be made that no, you know what, you go six and six, we're gonna we're gonna leave, we're gonna we're gonna end this season. It hasn't been. been up to our standards we're just going to go our separate way so i would say if tcu wins it there is an argument they're going to and i think they should but i think there is a reasonable argument that they should decline it if they were to get a bowl invitation it's just something i was thinking about this week what's next pickle
1: i'm sticking with the big 12 here texas tech at number 11 baylor 14 point dogs in waco 11 a.m on saturday question is who throws for more yards is it the Red Raiders? Or the bears in the butt bowl.
0: So this is really interesting, suddenly, because <laughs> normally this wouldn't be much of a, a case because you go, okay, well, they one team has their starting quarterback and the other one's on their basically their third string quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, Baylor's got a great defense. Tech defense has been okay recently, but better than they have been, but certainly still giving up big yards. But with Gary Bohannon. Um, I don't know what his status is right now. Yeah, I think that they're playing pretty close to the vest. Uh, I think right now you have to assume it's going to be Blake Shapen. I mean, that that injury did not look good. He looked he looked like he was in a world of pain.
1: Well, and at that point too, if you have a chance, like there's the possibility you're playing for a Big 12 championship, yeah. you probably rest your guy against a. Down Texas Tech team,
0: but you also got to win the game to get to the Big Twelve. That's championship also game, true, yeah. right? So that's another important factor in this one. So I would say, right now, I'm going to go with Baylor just because I think they're facing off against the worst defense. They're facing off against uh, against Tech, but at the same time, you know, look, Donovan Smith has shown that he can put on the cape a little bit. He can do some big things. And for Tech, they're you know they're going to be. They're, I think they're going to fight hard. I think they can go out there. You know, they're already bowl eligible, so there's not a ton to play for here. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think that if you're if you're Tech, they're going to go out there. They're going to throw whatever they've got at Baylor they'd love to ruin their season oh, yeah. um, I think Baylor still throws for uh, even if it's Blake shape and I still think they throw for more yards but I do think it's closer than it otherwise would have been because it's a, a fascinating quarterback situation there at uh, Bay- at Baylor right now what's next pickle
1: up next a game that better not be close no. number 24 Houston 32 point favorites over an awful UConn team 11 a.m. on a Saturday and here's the question should Marcus Jones should he get Heisman consideration?
0: Yes. Yes, he should. Yes. Marcus Jones has quietly been one of the best players in the country, uh, both as a defensive back where he's got a, a you know big-time play after big-time play and kind of anchoring what has been a resurgent Houston defense. And he is a guy who is a dynamo in special teams. Uh, this guy kind of fits the – um, the the Desmond Howard role, right, when he won the Heisman back for for, uh, for Michigan. But here's the thing. He's not going to get any Heisman consideration because, one, he plays for the wrong team. Yep. He plays for a group of five team, and they're just not going to give it to a group of five guy. Uh, he plays the wrong position, right, defense and special teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a political award, right? The Heisman is a joke, and, and we should say it out loud. It's it's not representative of who the best player in the, in, the, in the country is. It's representative of who the best story is. It's representative of who the best player on the best team is. Uh, Marcus Jones is one of the very best players in the country, and he's shown that this year. He should get Heisman consideration. He won't because the Heisman is an unjust system. What's next, Pickle?
1: <laughs> you feel better? I do. <laughs> uh, back to Conference USA, Louisiana Tech taking on Rice down in Houston, 12 p.m. on Saturday. How much does this game matter to Rice?
0: It's a question, right? 3-8 uh, and eight versus 3-8, and eight, right? Both Louisiana Tech and Rice have, have had what I think you can categorize as disappointing seasons. Mm-hmm. I will say I think this game should matter a lot to Rice. For a couple of reasons. One, you're at home. And yes. I think that that matters to finish the year at home. Furthermore, I think four, I, I've mentioned before that five and seven feels better than four and eight. Mm-hmm. And I think four and eight feels better than three and nine, especially at Rice. That would represent some movement in the right direction. Right. That they're maybe getting a little bit better and that things are going a little bit better. Uh, if you can finish on a high note and prove that that the best could be yet to come, I think that would go a long way towards shaping what the off season is going to look like. Um, I don't, I don't know what the job status of Mike Bloomgren is. I would presume he's safe. Yeah. Uh, we don't know. But four wins doesn't hurt at four, all. Getting another one would certainly make, make you – give him an argument to, that if he does get called into a certain office, he could say, look, we're, we're moving in the right direction, especially beating a bad team at home. That's what you should do if you're Rice, right? That's yeah. that's a decent bar to make. So. I think this game should matter a lot for Rice. I don't know if it will. We'll find out. It's two three and three and eight teams and you never know how they're gonna react, but I do think that, that for Rice it should matter a lot. And I imagine Mike Bloomgren and that staff are telling him telling them how much it should matter. What's next, Pickle?
1: Up next, another Conference USA matchup here, number 22, UTSA battling to stay undefeated on the season. They're a 10.5 point favorite over North Texas at Apogee. What is the key for North Texas to ruin that perfect season for UTSA?
0: Well, one of the things that Tech, that North Texas has done recently that has improved their standing and made them play better football is they have been able to stop the run with any sort of consistency. Yes. Like That's it. They've been better against the run, plain and simple. Well, here comes a big test, right? Against Sincere McCormick and this UTSA team. If you take a look at when UTSA has really had to scratch and claw, and when their offense has struggled, it's been because they haven't been able to get Sincere McCormick going. Mm-hmm. It's because, you know, last week against UAB, it was a grind, but they, they were able to pull it out, even though Sincere McCormick was held largely in check. You go back to that game against Southern Miss, against Southern Miss, where they kind of played with their food a lot. Uh, they were not able to get Sincere McCormick going. If you're North Texas, you got to key on him. You got to make Frank Harris beat you, right? Because that. That is the second best part of their offense, right? Um, the other part of it is keep that offense going. I right? keep that offense grinding, and the way that it's been going recently, it's been it's it's taken a step forward. Um, I think North Texas has an opportunity here to really ruin some seasons. Uh, they got an opportunity, and they can get bowl eligible. They got a lot to play for at home, yep. a lot to play for here. Maybe, maybe Seth Latrell's coaching for his job. Right? Maybe there's a lot of motivation there. Uh, really interesting much more interesting than I would have thought right at about five weeks ago this they, UTSA North Texas game
1: and yeah that's the biggest thing for, for me the key you can't get down early because no. every game that they lost they dug themselves a hole they couldn't yeah. get out of so if they come out swinging you've well, got a game on your hands.
0: and let's also remember UTSA has not exactly been a team that start fast no. so you yeah. have an opportunity here if you're North Texas to, to get out of the first that, quarter yeah. and it still be a ball game because if you get buried then UTSA it's is going to run oh, away yeah. from you what's next Pickle?
1: Up next, Texas State at Arkansas State. A two point dog there, 1 p.m. on Saturday. Is this Jake Spavidol's last game for Texas State?
0: If you had asked me four weeks ago, I think I would have said yes.
1: For him and Seth LaTrouille.
0: <laughs> for him and Seth Littrell, I would have said yes. Now I'm leaning towards a no. Yeah. I think they've shown some signs of life. I think he's going to have an argument to the brass to say, look, Yes this we, this year was a disaster. yes we got to go back to the drawing board, but we have an opportunity to to, to turn things over I think I think right now, look, it's it's what November twenty fifth, twenty fourth, something like that. November twenty fourth. You just
1: want it to be Thanksgiving. That's
0: exactly right. <laughs> if it's November twenty fourth right now, and you're putting a sports gun to my head and saying, "Is is he the coach next year?" I'm going to say yes. I think that he's got a lot of turnover on the staff, and there's a lot of changes to be made. But I do think that, that they're going to keep him for one more year. Now, should they? That's certainly you're within your rights to, to have that question. Yeah. I'm starting to think that Jake Spavsall is going to hang on to his job for one more year.
1: Yeah. Will the others Spav it all?
0: Though. Uh, I think Zach might be out of the job. Yeah. Uh, the defense coordinator, but we'll find those things out. Um, It is interesting, and uh, certainly beating Arkansas State at home or on the road would 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 certainly go a long way towards helping him keep his job next year. What's next?
1: Up next, it's our small school game of the week. SFA taking on Incarnate Word 2 p.m. on Saturday. Who you got, Lumberjacks or Cardinals?
0: Tasty, tasty, tasty uh, is a fun game. FCS playoffs kick off this week, and you get a WAC versus Southland Conference matchup of two former conference bunkmates now going at it. Uh, this is kind of like the equivalent of like if A&M, I mean, not obviously not to that level, but like, Back um, in the day well, oh, okay.
1: Texas How about this? Would've...
0: How about this? If Texas played like Missouri, yeah. right? Where it's like, oh, you left our conference, right? Yeah. Things like that. That's what's going on here. This is a really intriguing game. On the road, Incarnate Word making their first ever playoff appearance. It's big doings down there in San Antonio. Uh, I actually like the Lumberjacks. I like Stephen F. for one reason and one, one reason OZ only. They get after the quarterback. Mm-hmm. They led the whack in sacks, I think they had 38 sacks on the year. That is going to be the key. Can they make Cameron Ward uncomfortable in the pocket and make, force him into a couple of mistakes? I do not think that Stephen F. Austin has the offense to get into a shootout with, U, with UIW. I think they have to be able to get pressure on Cam Ward. That's going to be a fun game. ESPN Plus at, what, 2 o'clock? Yep. Get on it. It's going to be a fun game, and I think there's going to be a lot of emotion in this game and a lot of, like, passion, so get into that. I'm I'm super into this game uh, Saturday at 2 o'clock. Uh, I think I lean towards Stephen F. The
1: the statement they led the whack in sacks is one of those that, like, someone, someone tuning in who knows nothing about football is going, what did he just what say? What in the
0: world? <laughs> Strange. What's next, Pickle?
1: All right, and finally, let's talk some SEC action. As number 16, Texas A&M is a dog to LSU down in Death Valley, 6 p.m. Is Texas A&M walking into a bear trap on Saturday night? And this is a drum you've been beating all stinking year.
0: I'm worried. I'm it would be
1: I'm it worried. would be so on brand with their resume that they oh, put up man. this year beat Alabama and then just lose to teams you should not lose.
0: Here is okay, let me talk about the things that are working in A;M's favor. Mm-hmm. AM's a lot better than LSU. Yes. <laughs> like a lot better. Let's make that the open They're statement. a lot better than LSU. like across the board, like they're significantly better than LSU. but on the road at night, in Ed Orgeron's last game, for bowl eligibility. Yep. I worry.
1: I just go back to like the Mississippi State game. This I worry. is such another Mississippi State
0: game. This worries me to death and it's worried me for a while. Death Valley is tough at any at any time of day. It is especially tough at night. I think there's gonna be a big rowdy crowd. We would love to be nice and liquored up. <laughs> yeah. I would love. Look, A&M should go out there and win this game 38 to three. They're a lot better than LSU, but all of the other things conspiring against them, mm-hmm. um, I worry. I worry big time. They have not been great away. They have not been great away from Kyle, especially offensively, and that's something that I worry about. Um, so for if, if you're A&M, I think you got to come out and punch them in the mouth and get take away their will. Yep. Take away the will. You are a lot better than LSU yeah, that's not re- that's not really an opinion it's just a fact and
1: two that crowd will leave yes if you go out there and show them oh this isn't going to be they a
0: will tap them- out yep LSU will tap out if you if you give them a reason to tap out mm-hmm. don't let them hang around just go out there and kill the will kill their will early and go finish 9-3 and, and go on to you know Gator Bowl or whatever whatever is on the horizon for them Go out there and beat them. But I've been worried about this for like a month and a half. Yep. <laughs> I've been like, oh, God. As soon as they fired Ed Orgeron, I'm like, oh, my God. It's going to be at night it's in it's Death gonna, Valley. <laughs> and a going to be a lot better. Headless, and they're going to go out there and they're yeah. going to screw around. And LG's going to win some stupid game like 17-14. <laughs> I worry, guys. Go make me look dumb for worrying. Yes. AM. Come on. Those are college football burning questions. Normally, that would be the end of our show. But there's one last thing to do, Pickle. The best thing. We're very excited about this. Welcome in to the seventh annual Texas Football Today Thanksgiving Spectacular. I'm Greg Tepper. This is Ashley Pickle. Uh, Pickle, you look great. I you know I don't like to compliment you, but you look wonderful.
1: It's the scarf, right?
0: Welcome in. This is the seventh time we've done this every time Thanksgiving rolls around because Thanksgiving's the best day of the year. Yes. We like to find a new way to celebrate it and, and make it a big deal. And so this year we've decided to play a little bit of Thanksgiving This or That. Uh, I've come up with ten questions. Pickle's not seen them. Um, and we are going to go back and forth debating uh, which is which is the, the preferable uh, choice between this or that. And uh, these, of course, beautiful This or That turkeys made by Pickle. Thanks. Thank you. Uh, Thank you're going you. to put your token in there, and you're probably thinking, well, wh- what token are you using? Little footballs, of course. We stay on okay? brand. So if you want that, this, you go over here, you want that, you go over there. So we're going to start rolling through these questions starting now. First question, one big plate or multiple plates? So. I think there's two strategies when it comes to Thanksgiving dinner. You can either go with the big plate and load it all up, and make a big mountain, and then work through that. That doesn't preclude you from going back for seconds. Right, exactly. But I'm talking when you start. Or do you go about with one small plate, knowing full well you're going to go back and get another similarly sized plate. Which strategy are okay, you going to
1: Okay, one, with? I'm glad you clarified that even if I get the big plate, I can go back yes. for more. I am gonna have to go this on that one big plate. Okay. So, specifically on the pickle side of the family, big family. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like mad rush. I had to get there because GBC, green bean casserole, if I didn't get my mountain of it then, There's a chance I could be messing around and not getting enough of it, so I go.
0: I mean, one big plate. All right, I'm gonna go, and I've changed on this. I'm gonna go multiple plates. I'm gonna go with that because. for me, I want to make sure I get to try everything. And I worry if I put okay. a big mountain, the stuff on the bottom, I'm not going to be enjoying as much because I'm going to be so ravenous okay. at the top. So I'm going to go with that. I like the multiple plates approach. I also don't have a huge family to contend with. Okay. You know,
1: maybe it's an age is wisdom thing. You maybe know? it is. Maybe I'm you, smarter, you'll, yeah. OK, I didn't say that. This is
0: not going well. <laughs> maybe, <I'm, laughs> maybe You can just counter and say maybe I'm just older than you. Yeah, That's, old man. Next question. All right, on Thanksgiving morning, Are you sleeping in, or are you waking up early?
1: This is that, okay. I'm going that. Waking up early, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I think we brought this up last Mm -hmm. year that uh, your wife, my wife, is a big parade gal. That's all me. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. You gotta be up when it starts. It starts at 9 a.m. our time, God's time zone. Like I am not missing the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade.
0: Okay, I'm gonna agree with you on waking up early okay. for different reasons though, because you know I'm not a huge parade guy. I It's yeah. fine. It's nice background noise. Basically leads up to you know more. Your wife points things. it
1: out and you say, oh yeah, and look yeah. at that. Fine.
0: <laughs> I want to. It's the best day of the year. Mm-hmm. I want to soak in every moment. I want to wake up. I want a cup of coffee. Right. I want to. I want to. Enjoy maybe a little bit of music. Hear in the the morning the birds. Exactly soon. right. Smell the air. <laughs> I want to enjoy my day. Furthermore, there are days, there are years where you've got work to do. Right? Yeah, oh yeah like absolutely. If, if you're cooking a turkey, mm-hmm. sometimes you got to wake up early. Yeah. You know, there have been times like if you go and you smoke a turkey, you got to wake up early and make sure you get that thing in in, in, the, in right. the smoker early. So I like waking up early on Thanksgiving simply to soak in as much as possible. Okay. If you want to do the parade, that's fine too. All right, next question: okay. Stuffing or dressing? Now let's be very clear
1: this is not in the turkey these right. are these, these are not are the same dish.
0: these are not the same stuffing is the stuff that you stuff in the turkey and then you take out and you eat dressing is made separately from the turkey mm-hmm. which one are you playing
1: i am going to go with that i'm going with dressing we okay. that's just how we always did it we okay. always had it on the side we never did it in the actual bird itself
0: okay I'm going to go with the stuffing. That's the way we go. That's the way we do the Tupperd household. Uh, My dad would stuff the bird and then that stuff, he would also make a side of the same stuff that would be dressing functionally but the stuff that was always in the bird was always better because you get those juices. Little juicy. You get a little juices little in there, okay? So I'm a stuffing guy. Your mileage may vary. There are people who want to tell you that's dangerous. They're wrong. Eat the stuffing.
1: I'm trying the dressing for the first time, like making the dressing, and that's the thing mm. I'm probably most nervous
0: about. Are you, how are you making it?
1: Uh, cornbread.
0: Okay, yeah, good. Let's talk afterwards because you got got a little sourdough in there too. Ooh, I'll, I'll talk good. to you a little bit. Right. Next question. <laughs> this or that. Do you dress up for Thanksgiving? or is it casual thanksgiving how, how are we going about the the pickle family thanksgiving
1: okay i'm actually going to go this on this one um, oops, two footballs just wow one football. dressing uh... yeah it's weird because we're a- Real casual family, like we don't typically dress up often, that's really not us. But the one time a year that we all, and I think it's because we usually take like a a nice little family picture Mm. and stuff. So I think that's the one time a year where you're like, my brother was expected to wear jeans and not sweatpants, you know?
0: Right. So for me, I'm gonna go with casual because that's generally the way that we go about About Thanksgiving. (laughs) But at the same time, like when I say casual, like like what I'm wearing, I would consider it to be casual.
1: Okay, so I well, guess mine, like I don't know cuz yeah. that's the thing.
0: Uh, now now for me, if we're just hosting or something like that, mm-hmm. normally it'll be like if you want to wear shorts, if you want to wear, you know, sweatpants right. or whatever, like you can rock and roll with that. I think that I also think that casual Thanksgiving is the superior Thanksgiving.
1: Well, yeah, cuz that leaves more room in the gut typically yes. I feel like, you know, stretchy pants helps. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah, I would yeah. agree with you're that. you're
0: a master of the sweat, stretchy pants. Next question. Pecan pie or pumpkin pie? This is one of the deeply, deeply held like debates oh, yeah. in Thanksgiving it's culture. It's probably the longest lasting. It's debate. probably the debate. It's this is the this is the you know Protestants versus Catholics of yeah. oh, of, yeah. of Thanksgiving debates. Are you going pecan pie or are you going pumpkin pie?
1: Pecan pie. What? Big pecan pie. Like, and you know this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most of you know this. Not a big sweets fan. Yeah. I will dive into a little slice of pecan pie every now and then. I also love pecans, so that plays a pecans huge are great. role in it.
0: And I want to be very clear that I love both pies very much, okay? So if <laughs> this either...
1: Is, if, this is a 1A, 1B if situation. If either lobby
0: is here, is, is here, I, like listening to me, I don't want you to get mad when I say, guys, we got to go with pumpkin pie. Pumpkin pie. I thing. think we've disagreed on everything. Pumpkin pie is the way to go. Pumpkin pie is the quintessential Thanksgiving pie. That's the thing. Pumpkin pie, to me, pecan pie is almost a year-round pie. Pumpkin okay. pie, I almost never eat. Like, you don't eat outside of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, that's fair. That's the thing. And so for me, it represents Thanksgiving even better. And so I want all those things that are so representative of Thanksgiving.
1: You know what I think it is about pecan pie? It's got crunch to it. Mm. Pecan pie, I, or pumpkin pie, I also feel like it's a lot easier to mess up a pumpkin pie. It can get soupy.
0: Mm-hmm. It can get soupy. So
1: I, maybe I've had too many bad experiences with soup.
0: Although I will say, buddy of mine, I'm trying to remember who who makes this. They make like a chocolate pecan pie? It is dastardly. Oh, my gosh. All right, next question. Here for that. Do you watch halftime of the Cowboys game or do you nap during halftime of the Cowboys game? Either one's fine. Maybe you get to see Creed uh, or you get to see the inside of your eyelids. Which one are you going with?
1: I was just fixing to bring it up. I got to watch halftime because I am always, always looking for something to top creed 20 years ago by the way which was the uh masterful production that that was that 20 was year tough. anniversary
0: uh so this is not this is not tough for me i got a nap during halftime okay. that's the that's the perfect time to me i don't think i've seen the third quarter of a cowboys game on thanksgiving <laughs> in years okay because okay. that is the perfect nap time uh because i believe it's a 3 15 kick yeah normally we, yeah. normally we eat dinner about four-ish right okay. that, normally our our time is sometime between 3 30 and 4 we won't be sitting down to do it which means that we're done by about five, which five. means hitting right at the end, bang. I'm out.
1: Okay. See, we always do more of like a lunch, Thanksgiving, oh. like midday, two, three o'clock. So is, is your nap, so is
0: your nap over by halftime, or are you are you holding off on that? I'm,
1: I'm holding off oh, because wow. then I can get all the football in and really let the food hit me. Because at that mm. point, it hasn't super hit me yet, and then mm.
0: out. Okay. All right. Interesting. Got a nap though. Sorry. All right. What's next? Fresh cranberry sauce or canned cranberry sauce?
1: I'm going to go fresh on this one. I'm not the biggest fan of cranberry sauce. I don't need it. I was going to say, if it's there, I'll eat it. If it's not, I'm not like, where's the cranberry sauce? But my granny makes a spectacular fresh cranberry Mm -hmm. sauce.
0: Fresh cranberry sauce is great. Fresh cranberry sauce is great. I'm going canned. I'm going with canned, okay. and and for the same reason that you and I have, we agree mm-hmm. on green bean casserole, yeah, which is it's the best when it's all processed. Yep. Okay, I want the Campbell soup, I want the French's green, you know, uh, green beans and the little, you know fried onions. Yeah. I want it to be full of nitrates and terrible things for you, right? I want it to look like a can.
1: That's when what you I shake want. it out, and it's I, got the ridges yes, on the side of
0: it. I want the ridges. The ridges are packed with flavor. There's no science to back that up, but you gotta trust me on it. That's the key to great cranberry sauce: is it's gotta look like a can. I, I can't explain it. That's I know fair. that there are great fresh cranberry sauces. Oh there. yeah, they're awesome. I can't do it. That's I'm fair. Sorry, I can't do it. All right, what's next? All right, you got a little bit of room, right? Mm-hmm. Knowing full well that you've got a little bit of room, you know, it could come before, could come after. Mm-hmm. Are you going for that extra dessert or are you going for the extra? This
1: is layup territory for yeah, me. I know this is. Extra appetizer 10 out of 10 times, which is funny because like even, we'll bring in our sponsor of Chicken Express, like mm-hmm. I am big side person. So I would, like I sometimes on Thanksgiving get very little meat and I mean, it's just all the sides. So extra appetizer is- What's the is appetizer
0: here? game in the pickle household?
1: Um. I don't. I, I, I don't always just pick. Like, okay. You just I guess you I was great. six to say yeah. I don't think we ever. We never really did a big... Mainly because I mean we were saving that gut room. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone on the pickle side of the family is super big dessert people. So they would. They typically go heavy on dessert, light on appetizers.
0: All right. For me, I'm gonna go. Same way. I'm gonna go up extra apps. We
1: agreed on one. I want a little.
0: I want a little bit of something to, to get me ready to, to get me to get me going. Expand
1: the gut a little bit. Maybe something yeah, something
0: like a pigs in a blanket. Something Ooh, okay. like that. You, you get a little bit of you know. Maybe my mom will make a dip or something. It'll be good. I, I want to do that to get me ready because there's also football on. It.
1: Oh yeah, that's important. Absolutely. All right.
0: Next question. This is important. Do you have a cocktail before one p.m. or do you wait till after one p.m. for the cocktail? Because I think that. Thanksgiving is a drinking holiday. It is. Right? And so... Uh, there's some people who it's like you know what that is like a Saturday in the fall right where it's like oh you know what the the rules don't matter
1: yeah if you're drinking at 9 a.m. before 11 o'clock kick it's like oh, oh it's well that's fine. normal that yeah
0: but there's also people who are like you know what I gotta wait I gotta wait till we're getting close to today right. maybe I've got some appetizers stuff like that mm-hmm. when's your first cocktail
1: well considering I'm gonna go before 1 p.m. <laughs> one because I'm me but two considering the fact that we do do like more of a lunch mm-hmm. type of thing I mean I but I do have a hard fast rule of like it only Needs to be one before I eat because I don't want to be messing up the food, you you know. We're trying to sip, and like you said, that moment of you're sitting there with the turkey in the oven, sipping and being like, Okay,
0: yeah, okay, so I'm gonna go with the same thing, but that's because I'm a Catholic. Um, (laughs) uh, a cocktail before one o'clock, uh, maybe go a little Bloody Mary, something like that, exactly. A nice mimosa because the other thing is that, like, especially especially when you're cooking, especially when you're doing like a turkey, you got a long range thing Mm -hmm. to do that is crime, have a little beer, right. sitting there, you're, you're shooting the breeze with people, there's football on, a lot of good, it's, it's good drinking. It
1: practice. can be anxious to make all that food too, so Absolutely. it kind of, that that's the perfect little, it's all going to end up okay. Exactly.
0: <laughs> and finally, last question. All right. Dog show or parade? Oh. Okay, and I believe they lead into one another. I believe that the dog show follows so the, the parade the mm-hmm. Thanksgiving Day it Parade. It
1: comes on right after. Now I know where
0: you're going, you're going to do it.
1: Yeah, but that's so hard. I know it
0: is because you know what? That dog show is excellent.
1: It's so good. I've got to go with the parade because I have just publicly to all the people made it known how big of a Macy's mm-hmm. Day parade I like fan I am. But I love the dog show. I think it's so cool.
0: I, I I'm going to go to the dog show. I, yeah, I love the fair. dog show. Uh, I love the Puppers. I think the Puppers are great. I think that that's, that's, that is that's something I'm glad that they've embraced and been like, you know what? They know they're not going to counter-program the football mm-hmm. game, right? And so they're just like, you know what? Why don't we just give something for people who don't like football? Yeah, here's or, the Puppy Bowl. <laughs> or if you don't want to watch the Lions, then you can just watch dogs. And that's even better. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, so there it is. Thanksgiving this or that. I think we agreed on one. Yeah. Me two. 2 maybe 2
1: I think uh, drinking an appetizers which we've got we got strong pregame capabilities have, is what we're brand. saying
0: we have a brand uh, all right. Happy Thanksgiving, Pickle.
1: Happy Thanksgiving.
0: That's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Remember, we are off tomorrow because tomorrow's the best day of the year. We're also off Friday, so we're back Monday. Pickle, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Please tell your family that I said hello. I will too. We'll see you Monday on Texas Football Today.